Crooked Joe Biden cares only about enriching his own family, as you probably have heard. I care about enriching your family. I gave up a lot to do this job, I'll tell you. Most people don't know what vice presidents do. And now she is a history maker. She is a woman. She is a black woman. And it's the easy thing to do to say she's the attack dog. Rapido, right puts it in for the And with that, we welcome you into the Monday edition of the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters show, a busy weekend. <laughs> so that means a busy Monday is on deck for the show. It is Monday, August the 7th, 9.39 a.m. at the time of recording in the year of our Lord, 2023. Mitch Ding. Prosser is to my left. Justin Hall joining you. I'm talking in third person, just like the speaker at the Silver Elephant Dinner on Saturday he night. Only, I think he only did it once or twice. More yeah. on that in just a moment. Yeah, you saw the clip from earlier. So let's talk about it. The elephant in the room, if you will. Was it, it wasn't a silver elephant. It was a golden elephant. Gold. Big, beautiful golden elephant. 56th. Silver elephant for yes. the SCGOP. Mm-hmm. Biggest one they've ever had. Um, I think Governor Henry McMaster said he's been clo- at close to all of them. Um, I think that was a joke. And he he had, um, in my opinion, the best line of the night. We'll probably talk about that in just a minute. Um, but talking about the Constitution yep. and rights and where rights come from. And one thing, whether you like, love, or dislike the governor of South Carolina, Governor Henry McMaster does not disappoint when it comes to good, strong, and I'm not talking like the the governor jokes, because we can all talk about the governor jokes, Miss Peggy being chief among us. Correct. Um, he, he says some stuff that is, I won't say absolutely profound, but sound. And and well thought out. When you combine when you combine basic logical common sense with that old school Richland oh, County Drea AC Floor High School uh, mannerisms, it it turns he, into a deeply he's profound good. thought. He's good when he talks Constitution. You should listen. History, la- History and Constitution. Last year we listened to him talk, and and he probably talked for fifteen minutes about history, and I was like. Uh, tell me more. Yeah, I, he's I, he's so again, good. It's part. It's partly the accent. Yeah. Now he did introduce Donald Trump. Now you might be thinking, wait, you're Palmetto family. Nonpartisan. You're a nonpartisan organization, and we are. That is true. We were invited. We were invited, and if the South Carolina Democratic Party wants to invite us, we'd be more than happy to attend their annual gala. Um, the what do they call it? The Blue Palmetto. Dinner? Yeah, I think so. They changed um, the name recently. Uh, we'd be happy. To, I would have to loved come. to go there last year to hear Joe Cunningham. Okay, um, I missed out on that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm you did. You did. We miss would out come. On that. We would be there. It'd be great. I'd love it. I'd have fun. Yeah, I like. I like making jokes. We we uh, like we like food. As I love you can food. Tell. Um, I love food. The the big takeaway on the food uh, Saturday night the cake. The cake took the cake. The chocolate cake was very good. The red velvet, even better. 
Um, peaches on the table. Nice touch. Good touch. Good job. Titan, good job. Titan good, Farms. Good job, Drew and Hope. Mainly Hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Donald Trump was there. We're burying the lead. Yes. 45th president. Very well could be the 47th president of the United States. Possibly. Uh, that, that, is, that is in all likelihood a possibility. Um, when you have a man of that type of grandeur, stature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. coming to your event, it takes on a whole new level. And let, let's talk about some of the things he said. Because, as you know, if you watch or listen to this show, and we're glad you're doing so, it, I have been fairly open in my soft criticism of some of some of his statements. Now, the reason why, my big takeaway from this, and this is not an endorsement or a rundown. Indictment. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> careful, not an indictment. Careful. He's got Oops. plenty of those to deal with. Uh, this is more just my feeling from the event. Right. I heard a lot about the things that were done from 2016 to 2020. Some of those things were incorrect in how they were characterized, by the way. However, I didn't hear much about what would happen after 2024 should this person assume office, except for the fact that he would turn around and wield the Department of Justice as a bully club against the Bidens. Well, and that... And I think that's wrong. And that, uh, yes, uh, that... That was one of my takeaways, but I think that was also something that I came into the speech and the event thinking as well, and I don't know whether that's confirmation bias or not. Uh, I go back to the Brett Baer clip when Brett asks um, the president, President Trump, hey, um, we, you lost soccer moms in 2020, and uh 2022 what are you going to do to get them back and he went back to the 2020 election on brett bear and said listen i didn't lose them the election was stolen the election was rigged um and and i'm not making any commentary whatsoever on whether or not the the election of 2020 was fair rigged illegal I'm not doing any of that. It what wasn't I will, normal. What I will say is this. When asked the question, how are you going to get them back, whether it's blue Martians from Mars mm-hmm. or... You make me very angry. Purple yeah. people eaters. <laughs> Whatever the question is, the answer has to be forward-looking. It can't be backward in its in right. its look, its thought, its logic. And you can't win. You can't literally move forward if you're not looking forward. If all you're doing is driving a car, looking in the rearview mirror, unless you're at the demolition derby, that's not going to work. Well, and, and the... Again... This is unique because it's a former president running against a current president. So this president, this person running for president, can say it's not what I would do if I were president. It partly is, hey, this is what I did do when I was president. The problem that you run into is it becomes just, I've heard that before. I feel like when you you go to certain, hear certain people speak. Mm Mm-hmm. 
if I were to go see the Stones in concert, if I wanted to go see Mick Jagger and the Rolling Stones, I would expect to hear certain songs. I would expect to hear uh, Gimme Shelter. Uh, I Can't Get No. Can't Get No Satisfaction, Paint It Black, Brown Sugar. I would expect to hear those songs, right? I expect to hear what? The greatest hits. Right. Donald Trump does a very good job at delivering the greatest hits. There's no question about that. And there are a lot of things, y'all, that he said that I agree with. There's just as much he said that I'm like, leaves me wanting more. I didn't hear much conversation about, there was a lot of talk about the economy. Yeah. A lot of talk about the economy. Well, and, and that's a winning issue because it's good the economy, reason. stupid. Yeah. I get it. Bidenomics is not a good thing. I was. I heard a lot about the border. And again, fair winning issue. It That matters to people. I didn't hear much about... Now, now his record pro-life-wise was yeah. touted by others. Yeah, the judicial... Selections. But didn't hear very much from him about that, nor did I hear much about the cultural issues going on. Well, he didn't step into, and he's not going to because that's not his wheelhouse. I was going to say, sometimes it's okay to let others sing your praises, um, and that's that's fine. Once again, once again, you brought it up. I think it's worth noting, and I echoed it. I'm going to say it again. If you want to win in 2024, you've got to talk about the first day that that you are the president, your first 100 days, yeah, almost as if you've never been the president before. Sure. And the other thing, and we've pointed this out once, and I think it bears repeating over and over and over again, it's important to remember that both of the front runners, the Democratic and Republican front runner for president, are both lame ducks on day one. Put the hand on the Bible, raise it, you're done. Like, and the and the presidential race for 2028 begins. That's why that's why Gavin Newsom's running shadow right now. And that's uh, why waiting on either Joe Biden to keel over or 2028. Uh, uh, yeah, electing a lame duck. I think that again, we don't endorse here. We don't offer endorsements. You'll never hear an endorsement from us. We break down what we see, and what we see are two 70 to 80 year old men. Mm-hmm who on day one when they're inaugurated, or in the case of Joe Biden, just stays. Sure. You, you're a lame duck. You know, that's where President Obama said, would to God I had a third term. I could have a little bit more wiggle room. <laughs> one would argue. So that's our takeaways from President Trump. Again, it if football season's coming. It's is like it? it's like really? winter. It's like winter is coming. By the way, Wednesday we're going to be talking with Jake Crane of Crane and Company, the sports show on the Daily Wire. Make sure if you if, you, if that's going to be an all sports show. So if you don't like sports, probably don't uh, you listen to it. But you might not enjoy it. But we're going to be talking about all this other stuff that day. We'll get out of the political realm for a little bit and actually go into a place where the politics are running high with conference realignment. Anyway, sports term. I I look at the preseason odds right now and the top five teams to make the college football playoff, right? Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Southern Cal, Clemson. Those typically are your five or six. That's like, so if the season were to end right now before it started, these would be your four teams in the playoff. Well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter because the games right. haven't been played yet. Right. If this race ended now, Donald Trump is the nominee, mm -hmm. President Biden is the nominee, and in most polling, 
contrary to what the president said on Saturday night, it's a dead heat. It's a dead heat, or and I've seen or Biden's up. I've seen both sides of the poll. I've seen Trump plus three. I've seen Biden plus five. I've, it, it's it's a dead heat. And within the margin of error, you're talking about significant. Yes. You need to win the middle ground. Yeah. But the race doesn't end today. The race doesn't end next month. We have a debate coming up in like two weeks. Yes. In Donald Trump will not be there. Things can change. Michigan, uh, Friday, a poll was done. Michigan has Trump plus two. Um, that was Friday. Do I see a New York Times poll that has him up plus 24? Oh, that's in the Republican. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. Only red and blue. Sorry. And then uh, VCU did a poll. Go check out those poll questions. There's an interesting little nugget there for you. Um, Biden up three in Virginia. So Michigan, Trump up two. Biden up three. I'm looking for the last national um, general election uh, Tuesday, August the 1st, has Biden up three on Trump and Biden up six on it's like DeSantis. like a home team in football. You get three points for being the home Just team. Just being the home team. Right? So we'll see what it's happens. It's a dead heat. It's a dead heat between two folks who would be lame ducks on day one. Again, yes. things to remember. We'll be tracking that um, debate coming up in a couple weeks. Looking forward to that, seeing what the candidates say as they spar with one another on the debate stage. Looking forward to hearing from Doug Burgum. Really quick, before we move to the next uh, section, it is uh, MSNBC had an interesting conversation with a Democratic representative from Texas. Here is what she had to say regarding supporters of Donald Trump getting very dangerously close to being indicted themselves. Take a look. Mm. What do you have to say to your colleagues across the aisle who are clamoring to defend the indefensible charges against defendant Trump? So first of all, good morning. And (laughs) your commentary about uh, the speaker finding a spine is hilarious to me uh, because, yeah, he is definitely spineless. Listen, the idea that uh, the biggest scandal that I remember when Obama was in office was his tan suit Right. They were all up in arms about the tan suit. And now there's nothing to see with three separate um, indictments in multiple states on multiple levels is absolutely ridiculous. And no one is being prosecuted for their thoughts. They're being prosecuted or he is being prosecuted for his actions, along with his co-conspirators in the various indictments that he has. We have seen Jack lay out in multiple pages of indictments as what has been described on y'all's network as a shouting indictment in this last indictment. He has clearly laid out the actions of not only Trump, but his co-conspirators. And honestly, anyone who was paying attention on January 6th, we saw what his actions led to. And so, no, it's not his thoughts, it's his actions. It is absolutely ridiculous that we have these actions that are playing out by my colleagues on the other side of the aisle. You know, they are really getting dangerously close, in my opinion, to criminal culpability in and of themselves as well. And so if I were them, I would stop taking so many actions and continue to express your thoughts. But they are the ones that are weaponizing government when they are taking our committees and they are running these sham 
seemingly trials on behalf of Trump. We have said over and over and over that in a minute they are going to have to turn in FEC filings because of all of the contributions that they are giving to the Trump campaign. You know, I w- I'm going to pivot quickly. So don't don't do anything. Just talk. Because when you talk, nothing happens. But, but when wait, you act, things happen. I thought when you said stuff, that was violence. Uh, that will be the case when they say something. But if they don't say anything, that's also silences. Correct. With the easiest thing to remember is just be a dim, uh, just be a liberal. So if you just be a leftist. So if you are a conservative and merely exist, You're, that could be criminal culpability. Your mere presence, number one, tells me that you support Donald Trump. Your mere presence, number two, tells me that you will harm and kill trans people as well. Really quick. Is this thing on? <laughs> really quick. I want to go back to the beginning of that clip when this well-meaning congressperson, congresswoman, says that the biggest scandal I remember I remember when the biggest scandal of the Obama administration was a tan, was a tan suit. suit. Really? Really? Benghazi? I I remember sicking the IRS on conservatives across the country? Yeah. It, anyone? Yeah. Anyone? There, there are multiple scandals. But don't don't count on MSNBC to like break news or or accurately report I'm just putting that out there. So, we move on to the White House. Okay. And I'm going to make a statement, and it's not going to be very hard for you to agree with. It's not groundbreaking. The White House has a Kamala problem. (laughs) The Kamala problem. Definition. Noun. Because it is a thing. A Kamala problem is when you have someone representing your organization who stands behind a microphone and jumbles up word salad so bad that people in the audience start bringing dressing to the event. She never does anything, but then she teaches down to you about the things that you should do, about the things that are important, because the things that are important are the things we should do in this time and space. But there are things. Eh. Former governor, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, has made this a central point of her campaign. And I did a quick cursory Google search, which uh, tells me a lot about things. Nikki Haley, Kamala, if you search this. Nikki Haley's attacks on Kamala Harris keep coming. Nikki Haley versus President Harris, according to Politico. Fox News, every liberal knows Kamala Harris will be president if Joe Biden wins in 2024, says Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley believes it's unlikely that Biden would even live through a second term. Why are Republicans so obsessed with Kamala Harris? Yes, that's right. That's right. We are pushed about the fact that Kamala Harris is the first female minority vice president, but yet we're obsessed with Kamala Harris. So Nikki Haley says, I'm not running against Joe Biden. I'm running against Kamala Harris, and that's actually a pretty good framing because Kamala Harris is infinitely more unpopular than Joe Biden. Hard to believe that you can be more unpopular than Joe Biden, but she is. She's she's polling terribly, but she'll tell you that there are good polls. Um, Whatever. So, Ambassador Haley has made this a focal point of her campaign. Kamala Harris is a problem. And if Joe Biden wins in 2024, you will have a President Kamala Harris. Are you prepared for that? Do you want that? If you don't want that, vote for me. Right? That's her pitch right now. Probably not a winning pitch, but it's a good one. Right? It can be a good pitch and not be a winning pitch. 
So CNN takes a deep dive on State of the Union. You know that one show that has like five viewers? Is that a Sunday morning show? It's a Sunday morning show. It runs opposite of Meet the Press. You should, does anyone watch Meet the Press? No? Okay. Most huh, conservatives don't because they're at church. So, <laughs> on State of the Union, this former Biden-Harris White House staffer explains to us why Kamala Harris is so unlikable. Finally, someone is going to pull back the veil on what makes this woman, who is a failure as an attorney general, a failure as a solicitor, a failure as a senator, and she failed her way up to vice president, one feeble, addled heartbeat away from president of the United States. Is it because she's so... I'm taking a guess. Is it because she's so smart? Here's here's what... Huh. <laughs> here's why Kamala Harris is just not liked by many in the public. This former White House staffer tells all. Most people don't know what vice presidents do, and now she is a history maker. She is a woman, she is a black woman, and... It's the easy thing to do to say she's the attack dog, go after her. She was not put in charge of the border. She was put in charge of the root causes and going down to Central and South America to discuss what is happening. And she and numbers have shown the border. Everyone admits our immigration uh, policies are in crisis. It's not because of Kamala Harris. It's because we have not been able to find bipartisan reform. We all know the election, our voting systems are broke. We have a president who won't even, or a former president who won't even acknowledge that he lost the election. That's not because of Kamala Harris. But my final point will be, she is taking it outside of Washington, D.C. She is done with us, the pundits, and she's going to the people who will actually elect her. She's talking about the issues that women care about, abortion. She's talking about, I'm not going to debate Ron DeSantis on slavery. There is no debate there. And I appreciate it, and I think you will see her numbers start to increase, and people will be accepting but her of the job. Where I think that the Biden administration risks losing swing voters is putting Vice President Harris front and center. Because when you make these core arguments about the future of democracy, Joe Biden is what is standing between us losing the country and having... So, I'm not a big fan of Alyssa Farrah Griffin, but she actually does a pretty good job of explaining why Kamala Harris is so awful at her job later in that clip. We won't get to that. So, Mitch, here's the reason why people don't like Kamala Harris. First of all, the American public is too stupid to understand what the vice president does. That's number one. You're all idiots. You're ignorant. You're dumb. She's a history maker. Yes, that's the second thing. She's the attack dog. The second thing is you're... But see, here's the framing. Number one, you don't know what she does because mm-hmm. you're too stupid to understand. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, you hate her because she's a woman. You hate her because she's black. Yeah. That's number two. So, see, if you don't like her, it's because you're, you're a racist. racist and you're a misogynist. So, uh, boo on you. And number three, she doesn't offer a succinct understanding of anything that President or Vice President Freudian slip Vice President Kamala Harris has accomplished in her time in the White House. We're in what year is this? I said it earlier. Twenty three. Year of our Lord two thousand and twenty three. Joe Biden assumed office on January twentieth or nineteenth, something like that, of twenty twenty one. 21, yeah. I remember because I was working in a different place then. I was not Mm -hmm. a part of the staff here yet. And on that day, gentlemen and ladies in the audience, people I worked with wore pearl necklaces Mm -hmm. to commemorate the day Kamala Harris was inaugurated as vice president. I remember that day, and I rolled my eyes at each and every one of them when they told me they were doing that. You wore pearls later that year, though. So... It's been two years. The only good thing about for, the, for those on the audio 
only version. We're talking only, about the Atlanta Braves and the Tomahawk it's Chop. The only, it was the only good thing about 2021, I feel like. I had a good summer vacation, but really, I mean, other than that, it, it was a really good month. That was one of the best months. October was great. End of November. Right. Anyway, Snap the point. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Kamala Harris has been vice president now for over well nigh over two years. Mm-hmm. We're going on year number three. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, I've been married for three years. Maybe been married for longer than that, but I've been married for three years, so I'm going to make this correlation. I think it's closer to the timeline. Okay. Three years in, my wife has a pretty good opinion of me as a person and as a husband. Oh, it'll change. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's just say, let's just for the sake of argument say my wife didn't like me. Okay. And my approval ratings were low. Didn't take out the garbage. Right. She could point to specific things that I did or did not do that harmed her ability to to trust me, to... Kick the dog. Be, I've done that. <laughs> All these things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would then be incumbent upon me to address the issues and correct them. Mm-hmm. It would be highly hypocritical of me to then point back to her and say, listen, first of all, you don't understand what my role is as a husband. (laughs) You don't even understand what a husband does. Secondly, I'm a trailblazer here, okay? I'm the first husband you've ever had. Exactly. This is unique. (laughs) And then number three, she would come back and say, well, okay, these are the roles that you were supposed to fill. How have you done those? Huh? That's what's happening with Kamala Harris. You assigned me to the trash, but that's not really my thing. I'm looking at the root causes of the trash. <laughs> well, you've you've never you've never gone you you didn't go to the store to buy milk. Well, I did. I went to the store to buy milk. In that, I didn't go to the store to buy milk. But I bought Twinkies instead. I think I think it works out perfectly yeah. fine. The White House has a Kamala problem, and I believe that in this election, she could cost Joe Biden four years. Because if we wrap back to 2019 and 2020, she at one point was leading the Democratic polling. Really? Yes, she was the front runner for oh, a that's split right. second. Who hadn't announced? Joe Biden. Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Pete Buttigieg. It was her and Cory Booker. Like, pick one. Spartacus. Uh, Spartacus or comms. And so, her big, again, I tell you that her biggest claim to fame before she ran for vice president was that she called Brett Kavanaugh a gang rapist. That's her biggest claim to fame. And Cory Booker was right there with her. Exactly. It's amazing how that works. Oh, Amy Klobuchar had probably announced by then, holding a comb. So, she at one point was leading the party. When people voted for her and Joe in 2020, I believe they voted more for not for Trump, Donald Trump than they did vote for him. I just, it's just my opinion. Now they see her more often, not in a Senate hearing where things are scripted. She, it's, it's widely known. She doesn't read the briefings. She, she scolds. She's not a pleasure to work with. She's just not good at her job. The more people see that, I, okay, real quick, dream scenario before we move on. Uh, maybe not dream scenario, but let, we we discussed earlier Donald Trump, Joe Biden probably going to be the nominees. What if Donald Trump picks Tim Scott as his running mate, and you have a Tim Scott Kamala Harris VP debate? She cannot do the same thing to him that she did to Mike Pence. The I'm speaking thing. The I'm speaking the... thing, which projects a male over female as well as a 
majority race over minority race. You can't that do that. Has, but that hasn't stopped the left from attacking Tim Scott. They'll attack him for being an Uncle Tom. I, 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 Uncle Tim. Uncle Tim. I get um, that. That'll yeah. happen. But it'll have a different flavor. Yeah, well... And, and it won't land as well either because Tim Scott is widely liked amongst all political persuasions. And, and Tim is a very um, affable man. Uh, he... He does have a streak of tenacity, mm-hmm. but he's not an attack dog. He speaks more with passion. Yes, and, absolutely, and, and and just so I, I, that would be very interesting to see that debate. I, you know, that would that, and again, that's where I say you angle that up. Oh yeah, that could cost them. It could uh, if it Trump could. were to uh, select Nikki Haley as his VP. That could also cost them in that debate as well, yeah. because now, she would run circles around her policy. Now Haley. I could see being far more fierce and tenacious. Oh, she would be because she would take she the would gloves come off. Out, she would come out attacking She would smile, tell you it's a great day in South Carolina in the United States, and then club her over the head with a high heel. So I, I, I think the White House has a Kamala problem. The U.S., has for a, a while, had a women's national soccer team problem. And I'm not going to tell you that I rooted for Sweden. No. I, I love America. And I want to see America win. I thought their jerseys were pretty cool. The little paint splatter. Yeah. I, I, listen, U.S. women's I'm sorry, soccer. They're, they're kits. Yes. World Cup, I typically try to pay a bit of attention to yeah. it. Um, just like I would the Ryder Cup. You know, yeah. things like that. Because I, I USA. root for America. USA. USA, USA. man. USA. Um, however, I am not a fan of this team. I think they're, I think I can differentiate. And I'm certainly not a huge fan of Megan Rapino. We talked about Megan Rapino a couple of weeks ago before the World Cup commenced. Well, the U.S. made it to the round of 16. They made it through the group stage by the skin of their teeth, by working a draw in the final game, a, a, a nil-nil draw, where they celebrated like they won the whole dang thing. Then it comes down to PKs. The U.S. had several shots on goal. I think they had 20 shots, and 11 of them were on goal. We're getting into the minutiae here, guys. And I'm not well-versed in soccer, so get ready for the ride. So it ends. the time ends at 0-0. You know, and, and in soccer, they count up. In every other yeah, sport, yeah, it counts yeah, down, yeah, except yes. for baseball. In soccer, it counts up to 90 minutes. And then after 90 minutes, you get... Baseball counts down, too, now. True. In, in And in soccer, after 90 minutes, you get extra time based on how many cards there were and how many stoppages of play because the clock keeps running. Then you don't know how much time that is because the referee has it. It's weird. Then if it's still tied after extra time, you go to PKs. In PKs, very simple. It's just like hockey, right? You get five opportunities. If you get more than the other team, you win. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you, if you tie after PKs, mm-hmm. you go to sudden death. And it's kick for kick. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. at this point has made all three of their PKs. Sweden is two for three. So again, both teams have two left. If the fourth is made by America, the United States women's national team, if the fourth is made, it is very difficult for Sweden to win. And my, oh my, hey, listen, I don't care about that setup. My, oh my, the poetic justice of it being PKs and Megan Rapino, our champion, our hero, our advocate, 
gets a chance to kick a PK. One will make the argument, by the way, she should not have been on this team for the World Cup because she was just out of her element and like, like every aging athlete, not as good as she once was, right? Sorry. Um, that's not a slight. I'm, Tiger Woods shouldn't be on the Ryder Cup anymore, right? Yeah, it, it should be, be a captain. It'd be damaging and, and, to the team. And Rapino is the same age as I am. She's 38. Yeah. Now, now 38, playing World Cup soccer against 24-year-olds. Uh, it's a thing. And right? and that's no slight to her. No, it she's is, still one of the best athletes at 38. I'm not arguing with that. But I don't I don't think Hope, Hope Solo, Super, Alex Morgan. They're Morgan, not on the team. They're not on the team. No, well, uh, Alex well, Morgan Super is. plays women's basketball. Yeah, she's still playing. Okay. Here's what happened. You saw it before the show started, but if you didn't catch that, here is the moment early Sunday morning. Megan Rapino. Very early. PKs. A chance to get the United States one step closer to the round of eight. Rapino. Right puts it over the bar. Now, you see the smile as she turns. When I first saw that, I was fuming. Because I am all about the athletic competition, the competitive spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe when you cost your team a title, it should wreck you. Yeah. Right? I, I've seen it. I'm a Braves fan. <laughs> right? I remember yeah. 2019, 11 runs in the first inning against the Cardinals yeah. in Game 5 on your home field. Yeah. I remember 2020 in the bubble uh, against the Dodgers, up oh. three games to one. Yeah. And you lose in Game 7. Welcome to being Thanks, a Thanks, Luke Jackson. Fan. Anyway, knife in the throat. The laughter kind of bothered me. But we get a little bit of better idea post-game. Turns yeah. out, she's like, you know, that's just a dark comedy that I would I, that I would miss a PK. I get it. I'd imagine she's probably, and I don't know her. I've, I've These clips are the first time I've seen her in years. I'd imagine she's a nervous laughter, laugher. She, when, like, when nervous, when in stress, she laughs or, or smiles. Uh, she probably doesn't. That's my guess. So... Post game, post match, the United States loses in PKs five four. Mm-hmm. So, because of that, she gets interviewed by the folks on Fox in Sydney. Listen to the question asked by the reporter, mm-hmm. and then to her answer. I would not do a good job trying to list off all the ways that you've impacted this team over the years. There are too many, but when you reflect on the impact you've made on this team. Is there a memory that stands out to you right now in this moment? Oh, um, I mean, probably equal pay chance um, after the final. Um, and I think, you know, they were saying equal pay, but could have been saying a lot of things. I think this team has always fought for so much more, and uh, that's been the most rewarding part for me, of course, playing in World Cups and winning championships and doing all that. But, um, you know, to know that we've used our really special talent to do something, you know, that's really, like, changed the world forever, I think that means the most to me. And, you know, the players in this locker room here, um, they're just getting started. And, you know, to all the players that I've played with, obviously, um, you know, who know what it's like to be in the grind, um, that's the best part. We're going to miss you. Thank you, Megan, for everything. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
Really quick, she saves it by talking about winning. I just want to make the point that Megan Rapino is a two-time World Cup champion mm-hmm. and an Olympic gold medalist. Mm-hmm. She helped the team win the Women's World Cup in 15 and 19. This is the first time they haven't won the World Cup since 2011. Um, they also won a gold medal at the Olympic mm-hmm. Games in London in 2012 and a bronze in the Tokyo Games in 2020, which was the first sign of this falling off the cliff. The United States should never just assume they're going to win a Women's World Cup for the next 10 to 15 years. When What is your biggest moment? And she says, when the crowd chanted equal pay. They would, what? I don't care about, I don't care about the games, man. We advance the liberal cause. We advance the ideology. We benefited the nations. The world. We impacted the world. Oh, they impacted the United States, certainly. Jill Biden, um, U.S. Women's National Team, tweets the score and the loss, and they're done. And At USWNT, you made this sport matter. That's a slap in the face to everybody else. Today, you inspired us with your grit and determination. We are proud of you. Always remember that you encourage women and girls everywhere to show up and fight for their dreams. This is the same woman who wanted to invite Iowa women's basketball to the White House because they played a good game against LSU. They lost, by the way, by the way. Kim Mulkey's team won the national championship. Jill wanted to invite both because they fought hard. Vice President Harris, to the U.S. women's national team, you have represented our nation with dignity and grace at every step. Really? You sure? Through your excellence and determination this season, you have inspired so many to dream with ambition and lead with conviction. Doug and I are so proud of you. President Biden, you've made your country proud. Congratulations on your incredible run to Budaba. This team is something special, Ibadadiba. And I'm looking forward to seeing how you continue to inspire Americans with your grit and determination on and off the field. They lost. No, we can congratulate them on a great run. I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that. I think that's good. I think that's okay. But notice where it all goes. Your grit determination on and off the field. You lead with courage and conviction. Now, I don't suspect that President Biden watched this. It was too early in the morning for him. He hadn't had his rice pudding yet. Jill might have. She's up doing the work. Oh, that early in the morning. Kamala definitely didn't watch this. The U.S. Women's National Team, I won't go far as the former president did in his truth, saying that this is emblematic of where the United States is under Joe Biden. I believe that's a stretch. Whatever. Whatever. I will say that irony has a good way of hopping up and biting you in the keister. Yeah. Um, When you kneel during the anthem, as a whatever, people immediately don't like you. That's just going to happen. They won't support you as much. Then you don't sing the anthem at this World Cup. It shows us that you don't care about the country that you're supposedly playing for and representing. You care more about the ideologies you hold and advancing those. Key in there on Megan Rapino after the... Uh, after the match is over. So the U.S. Women's National Team is out, and no one in America is watching the World Cup now. Uh, it's done. Uh, well, it's not done. They're going to the round of eight 
And uh, Sweden's one of the best teams in the in the tournament, oh, by yeah. the way. Uh, you might see Sweden playing in the World Cup final. Uh, by the way, the last time the U.S. Women's National Team lost in the Women's World Cup, Sweden. Uh, sports stat for you, I guess. So plenty happened this weekend. There'll be plenty more coming this week. We've got uh, recordings happening this week for the Beyond the Walls show. That will be coming. Those will be get, starting to get published and produced and available for you at the end of this week. Wow. Very excited for that. Look forward to that. Again, reminder, Wednesday, we got Jake Crane with Crane & Company joining us on the show to talk about sports. It's going to be great. Going to nerd out a little bit. Mm-hmm. As if I don't nerd out enough on this show, it's going to be an awesome time. We like sports. And we got plenty more coming for you during the week as news breaks. It'll break out there. We'll sprain it here. Mm-hmm. Plenty to get to this week. Things are ramping up. Things are heating up. We're going to talk about judicial reform. We're going to talk about all kinds of issues that are front and center here in South Carolina. And, by the way, we're continuing to await, just want to update you, we're continuing to await a Supreme Court decision on the heartbeat bill, heartbeat law that was signed into effect by Henry McMaster a couple months ago. Inklings are, y'all, can can we say this, fall? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. And I was errant in my assumption that we'd have a decision – uh, in the month of August, that could still happen, but the the word we are getting scuttlebutt. from the scuttlebutt, that's good. The, the scuttlebutt is from those in the know that it will be most likely later in the fall. Yeah, so we'll continue to monitor, though, because it could break at any time. You just never know. Yes. Well, we got plenty to get to. We appreciate your time and your energy and your effort to listen to the show today, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast if you're listening to the podcast version make sure to give us a five-star rating and review and then subscribe to the to the stream that way you get the alert every time we put a new show up and if you want more information about palmetto family palmettofamily.org is where you can go and watch all of our latest series you can read our latest information including mitch's second installment in his living in tough times series you can learn more about how you can live biblically in tough times as we are currently living in right now, both culturally, economically, and just in general. It's 2023 is great. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. It's a good time. And then if you want to be a part of the email newsletter down at the bottom, you can fill out that form and get involved in the newsletter as well. What a Monday edition. Plenty to talk about, and I don't think we even got to it all. Oh, there's more. There's more. We'll get to it all next time right here on the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Mm-hmm.